Hi, I'm Vince Saracci, uh, here to introduce MindHub Technologies. I'm the executive chairman of the company. This is a, a new venture, a new technology that we have uh, brought to market about four months ago. Uh, we are digitizing the mining and metal supply chain. And I'd like to introduce everyone to the CEO, Arnud Starbusman, who will tell you a little bit more about the story. Fantastic. Good to meet both of you. Good to see you, Vince. Nice, nice to meet you, Arnaud. I've always said to people, you know, when they talk about investing in uh, mining companies and commodities, that this sector needs to innovate. It needs to needs to change. You guys are one of the new entrants into the space, but what problem precisely are you trying to solve? Or no, that's probably one for you. Sure. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks for that. I'm the problem that we're trying to solve, or not trying to solve, we're actually probably actually solving, is the lack of digitalization in these supply chains. If you Think about how they work. I heard somebody say, even in this in the smelt, uh, say we don't do digital; we are smelter, right? So this is in the 21st century. These supply chains operate on the basis of information that is carried across in paper documents, uh, sent via email nowadays as attachments, sitting in WeChat messages, whatever. And what we are enabling enabling companies to do is rather than try and collaborate on these disparate sources of information, we bring them a real-time platform to digitally collaborate. Think about what SAP or enterprise resource planning has done to enterprise. We're taking that to supply chain level with an initial focus on mining and metals. Right, okay. So just want to be clear about what digitalization means because you say, say, you know, emails, that's digitalization. So you're joining up multiple uh, components along that supply chain and getting them to coordinate. I, I guess for, for retail investors, you might think Monday, Slack, Asana, smart sheets, that, that sort of thing. Is that what we're thinking about? Yeah. And, and combined with accounting packages. If you, if you, if you think, if you think about most people, when they go to a platform like uh, Amazon or another, they, they see the catalog of stuff they want to buy. They click the one click button and one day later shows up at their doorstep. Now, to make that happen, there's a lot of work, a lot of parties involved in getting that package from the factory, potentially, to the end, end consumer, right? And that's the bit where we're focusing on, because that's where in these supply chains the challenges are. They, they are. So, again, so I'm, I'm trying to work out where he, he kind of controls this and, you know, what, what we should liken you to, because there's multiple parties, multiple variables which need to feed into the system, right? And I'm assuming that people like... BHP can sign up to a multitude of different software solutions, blockchain solutions like yours, or do they have to become exclusive with you? How's it going to work? No, it's, it's, it tends to be, um, there are quite a lot of blockchain projects out there, and we see that some serve very specific purposes. Ours is more general in terms of the abilities and the capabilities that we can deliver, but we expect to always be collaborating with parties and other blockchains in the in the overall ecosystem. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to. We'll probably bounce around a bit here because I'm kind of excited by what you're what you're trying to do. But then you know there there are, as you say, lots of um, parties out there. You know, um, XOM Materials and Minehub. It was a Minehub here. Yeah. You know, Trade Cloud, Metals Hub, Open, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These companies are going to have lots of choices about you know the, which part which software solutions they um, associate themselves. You know, how many they use. So, are, are you? Are you niche? I mean, is there is there a competitor in what you're trying to do at the moment? Are you going to overlap with other people? I mean, how do how do these companies make choices of what's right for for them? What's the sales process? 
to you. I think you're already outlining some of the competition in terms of players, but also in terms of people's minds, who does what, and it creates paralysis, particularly in these companies. And, um, we don't have significant competition at the levels that we play in. We've got a vision where we're creating a, a shared data infrastructure, global amongst parties, and then use that to enable different types of applications, some of which might compete with the ones that you mentioned. I'll, but I'll, I'll make it clear that we, we really are focused on what we call the post-trade part of these transactions. So this is the logistics, the financing, the inspections, the customs, the ports, et cetera. Whereas the names of the platforms you just mentioned, they tend to be more focused on the, they're more marketplaces for trading. Uh, so we'll, we'll support the marketplace, we'll back in, into them, we'll do the stuff. On the marketplace, you do your one click button, we just do the stuff that comes after that. Got it, okay. So it's, okay, that's interesting. So you're trying to focus down there because others others aren't uh, at the moment. So the, the cost of putting this together is, is you, I mean, you, you started up last year, but what's, what's the cost of actually putting this together and building the perfect solution which is gonna actually allow you to go out and start selling this properly or, or are you already there? There's a significant cost, right? So we, we have, we are live. We are onboarding customers. We're running live transactions. We're, so that's, that's happened. The, we've spent, I'll say close to $8 million to date to build the infrastructure, to learn, to learn from, uh, rework a little bit from learnings, but to grow fast. But it's, it's not just the software, right? It's also the, the capability, the knowledge to, and the breadth and depth that we need in our team to be able to uh, develop something that covers the complexity of the problem that we're trying to solve. Yeah, but, you, but I've also noticed I'm noticing like press releases that you, you, you're launching new, well, they're, they're headlines. I don't know, you know, if they're products in their own right or they're just additional, um, um, you know, services with, within the product. So, you know, you've launched a contract management solution, you've launched you know, carbon emissions and tracking, et cetera. So you've got all these sort of new variants here. And I guess you've got to put press releases out to say, look, we're doing some fun stuff here. But for your clients, what are they looking for you to do? What are they asking you for? I think this is where we should back up a bit and just give a little history on and and how we're continuing to work with this platform. You know, when we when when this idea came to mind um, about you know the opportunity of digitalizing the you know uh, uh, the supply chain. I mean, when 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 these use cases of blockchain started to come came to light like three four years ago and enhanced by you know Bitcoin and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, there was um, there was opportunity um, to use that that layer of technology to do things that um, you just couldn't do in the past. And so we went around basically to the street and, you know, we weren't we weren't going to be so bold as to think, hey, we're going to we're going to we're going to build something that we think everybody wants to use. And this was an important part of it. We walked around the street at, from from day one put together corner points of the industry, of the mining and metals industry, and brought them in as a focus group. We brought in originally, that original syndicate was Gold Corp, ING Bank, uh, Wheat and Precious Metals, and Ocean Partners. So a streamer, a, a commodity bank, a mining company, and, and IBM as our strategic development partner. So everybody sat around a room and did an intellectual knowledge dump. If we built this, what would you guys like to see it do? How do you think it could make your business more efficient, uh, et cetera, et cetera? And that's been ongoing for three years. We've, we've pivoted. We The initial 
versions of the platform that we built and continue to enhance. We shifted a little away from, um, you know, the, the original design of it. When our new came on board, you know, we, we the focus became um, the bulk commodity space. Uh, that's when you see enter, you know, the BHPs and the valets uh, and the iron ore and the concentrate side. And even ever, and since then, we've been working with our customers, enhancing the platform um, to what we think their needs and desires are. And that's how this thing continues to get built with feedback from our customers, because they want us to build something they want to use. There's a need out there for this. So we really, truly built with industry for industry, and we're going to continue to do that. Okay, so so that, that's the smart way to go. You don't, yeah, the, the kind of build it and they shall come um, model doesn't tend to work very well. Okay, so you've you've got industry to, to, to feed in. Um, they've told you what they want. How do you charge? How do you price this? Because it's 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 nascent. It's all new, it's all kind of new stuff. Uh, you've got to work. They've got to work out how much money and time and effort you're there. So you are saving them. And you've got to work out how do you cover your costs. So what's that side of the conversation look like? Yeah, there's multiple value propositions that we enable with this platform. At the core level, we have uh, what we call our core platform. This is really for post-trade management, coordination. It helps operations teams do things digitally between each other, which tends to be better, faster, cheaper. There's a cost efficiency saving. There's a risk management ability in there. So this is where we deploy it, charge a subscription fee to users and a very simple a fixed fee per user per month and that's that's it right that's a, that's a per seat on a per seat basis right uh it's a usage basis so it's basically it's a subscription so every company let's say you've got 10 users you pay 10 license fees per user per month that's it it's very simple what the information does though it enables new business models and new value propositions that weren't there before where we uh, develop much more uh, usage-based and value-based pricing models. To give you an example, um, one of the applications that we have taken to market is around trade finance. That uh, brings a lot of value to financiers because it helps them lower, lower the risk of lending out their credit. So it automates risk controls. It takes away incentives. It reduces incentives for fraud and um, collusion. And at the same time, it automates processes. Now that we charge a couple of basis points per month of the value of the assets that are being financed via MineUp. If we're thinking on our ESG carbon uh, tracking application, we are starting to test some pricing strategies. But if you think about how important it is for mining companies to be able to do bottom-up accounting for, of their emissions costs, because they'll start paying for that, right? They'll take the carbon credits. Uh, and they may erode margins if they can't do it accurately and low uh, as low as possible. Asset exchange, similar, we, we price it on the basis of value we can create for companies. Um, and, and finally, I guess, which is an important part, is the sort of like an App Store model. We are an integrating platform. We connect solutions from third parties to our own and to our customers. That creates opportunities for revenue sharing where we enter into App Store-like models. Okay, interesting. Because... Because I mentioned the, the 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 side that you've decided to operate in terms of you know um, you know connecting ports, it kind of the the heavy admin side of things rather than the trading side of things, um, because those guys are going to need to presumably integrate your software into their current systems, right? So that takes time, effort, and that's a big decision for them uh, to do that, and the and the and the, the the training required to kind of get them using it on on a daily basis. It's a big, big commitment. So what's the size of the universe that you're talking to 
What do you think? That's huge. I mean, <clears throat> we, we, mining and metals is a go-to-market strategy for us. It's a very strong focus. And our applications are tested, validated with the group of the market. The problems we solve are pretty universal across supply chains. They happen every step of the supply chain. Every time there's a buy, sell of a high-value good, this is where a tool like Mina comes in to solve various problems and digitize it. Supply chains generate three-quarters of the world's uh, GDP. So it's a big market. And where we we are quite visible in what we do, we have been visible in what we do with the large corporates and the majors of this, uh, this industry, the giants. We actually have a massive um, market in the SME space. And we put out some press last week as well, exactly for that, because we think it's easier for those companies, a lot easier to onboard. The value that we bring is very obvious. Uh, they can get going within, within a couple of hours. The training is very minimal. Uh, so we can deploy very quickly. So, but, but you know, you talk about the app store and stuff and, and, and integration, um, not just with existing systems, but potentially, you know, other providers along that supply chain right yeah. you, you need you need to be able to integrate and be and be and be seamless to make sure that there's no barriers to entry in terms of barriers for people not being able able to use you guys but there, there comes a sort of point where if there's the competition out there if well first of all what, what is the existing competition and do, are there enough barriers to entry? I mean, you talked about spending eight million which is not not a lot of money you know will other people come and join the party? Um, in which case that potentially drives down margins and price and, and, and so forth because competition rises. So how do, you, how do you view the market and how you position yourself to make yourself defensible from all of that, all of the above? So I, th- I think the 8 million number is, uh, um, that, that doesn't reflect the true cost of learning. Before this, we did a number of projects in different spaces in energy, soft commodities, uh, trade finance over a multitude of years with very large corporations that uh, resulted in learnings that we're capitalizing on now. So it builds, it builds on top of that. Um, so it's, it's not an easy market to enter. It requires quite a lot of skills, right? You need to understand digital transformation. You need to uh, bring the capital. You need to understand trade finance. You need to understand supply chains. You need to understand commodity trading, uh, logistics. Uh, and you need to have a very global outlook. And you need to be present globally. Our team is present in the Americas, in Europe, in London, in Singapore, mainland China, Japan, all there to serve customers at the uh, in the culture that they operate in and live in and work in. So that's that's a big barrier to entry, uh, as I see. And we are mo- the most advanced, and I don't see really see anybody catching up at that skill, even though we're still quite young. In terms of the competition on IT roadmaps with companies. Um, uh, how do, where, who do we compete with? Do we compete with SAP, et cetera? No, we don't. We enrich it. We put these platforms on steroids because we connect them to real-time market data information that they currently get through manual rekeying and re-entry, right? And if you think about it, where we start, we step between companies. Like I mentioned, we bring an ERP system at an ecosystem level, and we allow companies to do what they do now, but instead of... Uh, what we're taking away, we're taking away companies need to export something or print something into uh, paper, sign and hand sign it, scan it, attach it to an email, send it to the other side and reverse the process there. And then reconcile it with what Johnny said on WhatsApp in terms of, oh, can you change this document? Yeah, that's fine. We don't have to do it on paper, right? And Johnny's gone on a holiday. Nobody knows about it. That is the bit that we're taking away. So we're taking away work at the that's already a hassle. Now, if we integrate... 
it provides straight through processing of uh, uh, market information and supply chain information into the core systems. It's not there at the moment. And if you and to illustrate that, most of our the big mining companies they will have installed SAP or some similar big ERP system. Let's call it a billion dollar ERP implementation. They're doing business with a customer that also has a billion dollar uh, implementation of the same ERP system. Yet when they want to talk to each other, they go through the process of printing it, signing it, scanning it, attaching it to an email. That is the bit that is uh, that we uh, we see a massive opportunity to really take that away. It's it's really interesting. I mean, you're just stream, streamlining admin, right? Um, you know, and lots of other industries have been there twenty years ago. You know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, it, it, it seems quite slow to the party. So there's nothing complicated in what you do, is there? It's it's just a case of jo- helping people join the dots and streamline the process. But, but I, I come back to the, the the question, which is about how, how do you you're saying that there is a first mover advantage, so therefore it's a bit difficult once you're in because you've you've gone early. It's going to be harder for others to follow because of the way that the industry is. Because I looked at some of your appointees, you've got some big blue chip names in there, um, which gets you through the doors of lots of companies. I suspect is is that also part of the defence mechanism? This this the fact that who's working for you? It is uh, the the team is is very important. We've got some uh, we've got some very strong people uh, also internally focused as well as externally focused also on our board. That is that is a part of it. But we're also I think quite credible as a team. Part of the companies that work with us respect how we operate, how we execute the professionalism, the speed with which we work and um, the ability to deliver on what we say that we're going to do, right? So a lot of that comes is inbound. We, we, don't, we don't have an enterprise sales force. We don't need 20 people knocking on doors trying to sell what we have to bring. We've got customers that are bringing their customers and their suppliers to us and say, look, we want to digitalize these flows. And this is how we're going to, this is how we, uh, how we expand. There's massive virality in the networks that we operate in. So every, think about a major mining company with thousands of customers, maybe tens of thousands of suppliers. Uh, so this is the bit where we where we work with specific anchor points in, in ecosystems and networks. The, the, the point which kind of um, caught my eye was um, Heike Thruel, um, of you, yeah. know, you know, she's now, I think, going to be your commercial o- officer. Her network interests me because I suspect she'll have spoken to what is like I say? I say it again. It's a very small industry. Not a lot of you know play, players are moving moving parts in this, um, and how quickly you you can put your products in front of her. But I, I, and I get that you built based on what companies are telling you. You know, you know, trade finance applications and uh, and, and the like. But are are you having those conversations now? And what are you learning about the cost of sale and the time the time frame it takes to actually convert? A conversation, initial conversation into a into a sale that's going faster and faster, and it will keep accelerating. Yes, um, I mean working with a company like BHP is fantastic. They are the gold standard. Uh, they um, pretty much show how it's done. Is like say, and they are the hardest one, right? And we collaborate with them. We're trying to understand how we can work for them and be uh, a successful solution for their for their ecosystem, um, and we. We need to do a lot of that. I mean, legal documentation, process documentation, compliance, cybersecurity, all that stuff brings us to a level that makes creates a package where the next one can say, oh, if they do it, and this is the information, we're done, right? So 
Um, so that's um, that's definitely a key part of um, uh, of it. So we reinvest heavily in adoption accelerators. So we've got a team in mainland China that works with Chinese state-owned enterprises, steel mills, copper smelters, etc. This is this is hard hard work to enter that market, right? And we've got a top team that is international, but also local, being able to engage with those, those parties. So um, people coming from the industry, Heike, indeed, but she doesn't bring just the Anglo brand and uh, let's say a network of, uh, a very strong network of people in the industry. It's also a fantastic consultant. She ran group strategy, uh, a strategy for the group for a long time. She handled the transformation from, a mining company to a trading company in a marketing business. So there's a lot of skills there uh, also in, uh, from an execution perspective. Um, so it's, it's, it's a diverse team. And I would like to say that throughout these years, there's a network that we've built around us and the level of interest. If, I, if we need to get in touch with a company uh, and I do the LinkedIn thing, it's never more than one or two degrees, right? So it's, it's reasonably. I mean, so you, you feel that you've kind of got the cornerstone for this you know, blockchain platform. And so it, I just think, you know, in the early days, everyone's like throwing bandy around these, these words uh, freely, but, the, you know, you're solving problems for people and saving or making the money, at, you know, as, as a software provider. Um, you know, that, that, that's what you do. But... Do you think that you've you've kind of got enough for those? Um, uh, so, what did you call them? The teams, um, the, the conversion teams, the customer success, teams. customer success teams, right? Do you, have they got enough? Are you are the feedback that you're getting from them is, do you know, we've got enough product, we've got enough um, value in here that we can convert these guys, or do they need more from you? Because what, what I'm trying to work at is how much more time and therefore money. Are you going to need to spend on developing the product before it is truly saleable? Um, and then you can have, you know, obviously carbon emissions tracking is very, very topical at the moment, as is ESG, um, and, you know, be able to layer on other, you know, thematics later, later on. Have you got enough done now or is there still work to do? No, we've done the bulk of it. And that's always the part of our last financing was to do the bulk of it bring the um, probably slightly more than the MVP to market and start using them. We've got a roadmap of improvements, but we'd like to prioritize those improvements and enhance was also based on the feedback we get from, from actual use. But we are uh, around this. There's a, there's a lot of a couple of stragglers that we want to complete in January, but most of it is done. Okay. And we take so, that, so the money that you raised in uh, back in June-ish time, um, the, you know, 10, 10 million plus bucks, that's going to the sales team predominantly and a little bit of GNA, less so on the allocated to, you know, the, the guys building this thing out. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, the, balance, the balance is shifting. I wouldn't say there's a, just a little bit going to GNA. We've got, we've got a light team. We've got a very experienced team. Um, so it's, it's not an insane amount of GNA that we're spending, but we, this is a technology company. If you stop building, you die. Right? So we, we will continue to do that, but the pace which we need to do that and a burn rate that goes to the technology side will be going down absolutely okay okay so will you be it's it's, it's a technology it's a technology play in the mining mining space uh, and you'd expect the kind of multiples um you know that technology companies get 
but they only get that once the revenue starts flowing. So, you, you know, at what point are you going to be starting talking about, you know, revenue flows and be able to talk to about which jurisdictions, which companies, what products, are, you know, when, when do you expect to get into that? Is that 2022 or 2023? No, revenue will start in 2022, right? So we, we're seeing trickles. We've got signed contracts, we've got signed customers. We're not aggressive in uh, in sending out the invoices uh, uh, at the moment. We our biggest currency because of the network effects and the exponential nature of these markets. Our biggest currency now is adoption and uh, figuring out what makes uh, not just figuring it out, but what what makes companies tick faster. If I if I look at my ESG thing, man, that is that is a very popular topic where everybody's looking at, hey, I want to see that. And uh, this is one of my biggest headaches. If I look at trade finance, supply chains are starved of it, right? If we can unlock capital, that's a big trigger. Core platform is already validated. I'm not worried about that. I mean, that's, that's a matter of rolling it out. So it's, uh, it will come. But this is, as you mentioned, a, a conservative industry, but we've taken that conservatism. Uh, we've been there. We've passed that bit, right? So we are at the foot of the hill. We don't have to get to the hill. And this is the hill of revenue I'm talking about. And at the same time, you should keep in mind that mining and metals is, of course, a, a big play. It's a very important industry, very important supply chains, for also for the energy transition, so a big focus. But nothing in what we've built is limited to mining and metal supply chains. They cut across food, which is much bigger as an industry, cuts across energy, all those aspects, right? It's easily trans, uh, transportable. To go, uh, to go adjacent. And we, we see that happening through our trade finance partners. They say, well, hang on, we also got guys selling coffee and we've got people selling, uh, selling energy. And this is, I uh, say, so yeah, no problem. Perfect. That's where we wanted to go. Again, that's why I've mentioned twice already the fact that mining industry is actually quite small, right? Um, because what I wanted to understand is once you've kind of built the platform and some of these additional bolt-on applications, whether it be decarbonization or carbon emissions tracking or ESG or and whatever, however people want to break that down, it's a big topic. It's a big narrative, a big conversations happening globally across multiple supply chains. And if you're able to go there, so you is it kind of like you're using mining as a nice starter to try and understand how you build the product and, and create a, a revenue flow and then roll out, or does that happen sooner rather than later? I mean, how are you coming at it? Well, I think it will be an organic one. So if you, we're cur- we've been focused heavily on the producer-consumer flow, going from the mining company to the steel mill to smelter, the big industrial flows. And uh, this is this is where it all starts, right? The most part of the mining, every day, everything you use in your daily life comes out of a mine ultimately. So it's important. Uh, through organically, we will grow into the other sectors. Um, so that's that's a matter of time. But it's uh, I need to focus our resources. And mining and metals, to be honest, is a massive market in itself. If you um, think about the breadth and depth and the importance, the, you you bring up the emission side. That is a big pain point uh, for if you think about the exposure that a mining company runs. It's not on the emissions in the mining operation. Yes, they can use electric trucks and stuff like that to improve a little bit. But 95 to 97% of the emissions are in what the steel mill does. And how do you capture that information? How do you account for that? How do you solve that? That's where we're focusing on. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I, I think we we talked to various companies about you know um, net zero initiatives and you know net net 
carbon initiatives because it's becoming a big topic. And there's going to be a lot of players like leaping into this space. So again, how do you, is that a threat to you or is that something that you can utilize having these sorts of these sort of consultancies coming into big companies saying, hey, we'll solve your problem here? Because you're, you're, a, you're kind of the admin component. You, you're not a threat to the consultants in, in, in a way, or are you not trying to be that too? Perfect, perfect partners in sales channels. So we enable consultants to to work with us, make uh, generate their own revenues uh, through us. Uh, the tool we build allows is really the solution that we build are really rely on authenticated data that you can trust. And these consultants and third parties they help us authenticate the data that the mining companies and the producers provide. Right, so it's, it's natural synergy. That's good. That's 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 interesting because that then again reduces your cost of sales. It's a kind of uh, um, a, a wholesale solution, as, as, as it were, for you um, going going forward. This was uh, really really interesting. So we we don't I don't envision us to grow to a massive team as a company. We are we sh- we should not be an enterprise sales force, right? This is other companies can can that we partner with will bring the sales capacity, will leverage those channels, um, and we sh- leverage the network effects that are implicit in the industry to grow. For instance, going adjacent, I mentioned that to other sectors, if we deal with a big trading house, most of the trading houses, they don't just do iron ore or concentrates. They also do coffee. They do oil trading, for instance, et cetera, right? So they'll want to use it across their the assets that they, the commodities they finance, uh, trade. Again, but it, with, if I look at traders, there's not that many traders in the world, right? It's, again, it's, again, small, small unit, but in the context of being a technology business, which is scalable, because you're always going to have to talk the growth story, right? Unless you say, We've, because once you get to a public company, when you say, oh, we've got a steady state, we've captured as much of the market as we can, uh, we'll have steady state revenue. It's good revenue, good margin, but there's no growth. You've got a problem. So, um, the applications of the, tra- you know, working with trade finance guys, where, where can you take that once you've, you know, exhausted all of your avenues in terms of selling into traders? We're not selling too much in traders. And to give you an example, to give you a number that I, recently saw and i can understand why it's, there's about seven hundred thousand trading companies in the world but uh, it's it's not a, it's not a handful there's a half a handful of big ones uh that we, that we know uh and love but and they will they'll be there but we're focusing on the we're thinking about the seven hundred thousand that are out there for which we're providing tooling that they currently don't have that give them access to capital trade finders that they currently don't have that uh, help them find new markets that they currently struggle to find, right? So it's 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 big. It's a big play. What? So that, that's an analog market at the moment, completely. Yes, uh, very much so. Absolutely. Interesting. Analog in the sense that it's uh, email attachments. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's interesting. So that so that that is actually a much bigger space. I mean, so seven hundred thousand, and so so is that is that potential licenses or seven hundred thousand houses? 700,000 companies that might have one, two, three, four, five users. Okay. Yeah. And that, that probably all of them, most, a lot of them will have a relatively small turnover uh, if you look at the long tail, but there's a lot of value in the long tail. And well, there's a, cost is, of, there's a cost of sale in the long tail as well. So you've got to find cheaper and cheaper ways to access that. Which is, which is exactly why we are currently. Uh, our cost of sale for small to medium enterprise is very high because I dive, I sit in on the meetings. So as my VP product, uh, commercial manager, they're there. Everybody's there to learn how can we serve this market? How can we automate the onboarding for these guys? How can we make sure that they get it instantly and can start using the platform without any intervention from our team? And that's the bit that we're working on. 
Okay, interesting. Okay, well, that, that, that's exciting. I want to see more of that. So, um, so what's what is, what is twenty two? And you, you talk about it's it's the same with software companies or, or every if, you, if you're trying to get out there, you're kind of giving free trials and free licenses for a while to get people used to using you to actually commit to integrating your system into in, into theirs, and 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 and, that, and that's normal. So, you think twenty twenty two is really just about trying to you know, get people to start using your software or agree to start trialing your software and there be the revenue is kind of de minimis, but you are doing what you want to be doing in 2022. Yeah, so we've we've done a large part of that as well. We've been running projects, trials and pilots with a variety of different sides of the market. Uh, these these are resulting in anchor parties that will start rolling out over the next 2022. So these are uh, so yes, they will be preceded, particularly the large corpus will proceed with pilots and trying to figure out, okay, so how can we be as best users in this trade flows? Um, and we will encourage, incentivize the companies to use it. Hence, I said, I'm not rushing to send out the invoices. I'd like to see the use and the adoption. Um, but it's it's definitely the turning point is 2022, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of the technical, we've taken a lot of the technical risk, commercial risk, entrepreneurial risk, we're, we're rolling out. Okay, so I talked about being defensible earlier, but how do you make yourself sticky once people have started using this thing? What's going to make them stay? And I, I know, again, one of, one of the people that you, you've got on board is, uh, well, I think that, is that Mariana? Is that, is that her? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that seems to be her role is how, do you, how does she make this sticky? So, you know, what are you doing on that front? Well, there's just two parts to the stickiness. So, uh, Mariana, indeed, she has a background with IEG loyalty, it's a completely different industry. But she knows what makes users stick, what users like, and how they keep using the system and how they love love the platform that we're using. That's the user interface. But this, the stickiness comes from, if you think about it, why is the industry so slow to adopt? Because you've got, I'm, I'm a seller, right? I need to sell my products to a bunch of buyers. And the buyers, they all use different systems. And the easiest way to do it is, uh, let's do an email or WhatsApp messages. That's that's it. It's very, but once the ball starts rolling in digitalization, it's happening. We can see that snowball accelerating. If you are a seller and you got your buyers on on the platform, or vice versa, now those buyers are going to have other sellers on the platform. The seller is going to have other suppliers, right, and other customers on it. So you, you're part of a network that uses the same standards. The cost of switching to another standard, another platform is pretty high. You can convince everybody. So, oh, you know what I said last year to use this one? Well, this year we're using this one, right? So, you're asking everybody to make massive changing investments. So, there's a stickiness, which translates into uh, conservatives sometimes with companies to figure out, okay, are we picking the right one? And I believe that with some of the companies that we're working with, we are feeling that, that Milo is. Is, is the platform that has a very good chance to become the, the standard in some of these industries. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an eternal problem. It's been the same for 20 years in, in the tech space, and certainly in terms of selling, whether it be enterprise or SME types, type software, um, you have to overcome the same same hurdles. And I don't I don't necessarily think the sector is any any different in terms of that reticence or that barrier that you, you need to overcome initially. Um, really, really, really interesting um, product. Um, I, I'm just so conscious of time here. We, we've been talking a long time already, but I'd love you guys to come back on and maybe sort of do a deep dive in terms of what what a what a sale looks like and, and what an agreement looks like. Um, you know, for these for these 
different sort of revenue streams? Because I think that would be truly, truly insightful again in terms of, well, helping sort of understand what revenue potential could be. I know it's a bit early days to be having that conversation with you. Um, but also give us an understanding of, of the, the, the types of um, sectors that you're, you're selling into too. Cause I think not, not many people are, um, you know, we're not, we're not all experts in uh, all aspects of, of, of mining, but. I think we're all agreeing one thing needs innovation like this to kind of streamline, smooth things out and make it a better industry for sure. So Vince, appreciate it. I know. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us.